Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano, and I am in a packed house full of people on their phones. I am joined it's by... True. All of so us are looking true. at their phones. <laughs> so I, true. I looked up and no one was looking at me. I was like, man, I feel like I'm talking to an empty room. Yeah, so much for doing a pod in person, uh, huh? I know. Um, this is what you get. Yeah, this is it. We're here. Uh, segment number one. We're doing a BSN roundtable here. We all just happen to be at the office for different reasons. We, uh, I walked in, and uh, it was a full house, so I said, hey, you know what? We're going to call an audible here, and everyone's coming on. So I'm joined mm-hmm. by AJ Hayfley. What up? Adrian Dater. Hello. And the one and only Andre Simone, the analytics guru of BSN. That's right. He's here. I'm not worthy of the of this threesome in front of me, but Don't I got called like in. Only Are we not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> I got called in. Nah. Uh, so we're here. We're going to talk a little bit about AJ. You and I did a uh, a bit of a playoff preview yesterday. Yeah. As series talking to me, I guess. Uh, you and I talked about you and your phone, man. The uh, the Avs and the matchup. Where the advantages are, you know, you and I were so excited to talk about uh, Av Sharks yesterday. Yeah. So we did all that. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to sit down with all of these great minds that spend so much time uh, talking Avs, thinking Avs, thinking draft, thinking hockey, uh, thinking numbers, and we're going to give an update on, on where we feel the Avs are uh, as, as an organization and, you know, from prospects, the Eagles to... Uh, to the NHL club itself, we're just going to give you an update on on what we think, how we think they're doing, because they definitely care what we think, and uh, our opinions matter. That's true. Yes, your yours definitely do. That is true. Thank you. Factually correct. So let's uh, let's jump into it. You can't be self-deprecating all show. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> You can't hey. come into my podcast hey, and steal my shtick. <laughs> I'm just saying. Unacceptable, sir. Uh. So let's let's start with the uh, 
<laughs> I would say that the younger guys, the kids, but that's everybody. That doesn't narrow it down much. Uh, let's look outside the NHL roster, and let's start just north of the NHL roster. Up in Loveland, the Colorado Eagles are in a first-round playoff matchup of their own. They're down 2-1 to one to the Bakersfield Condors. But other Door than that, die. there are, and it is, it is do or die as the uh, AHL playoff first round is a best of five. So they have their backs against the wall. But I want to talk uh, about some of the individuals. And let's start with the one that most people uh, are aware of, Martin Kaut. Uh Martin Kaut, obviously the Avs' first round selection last year. Mm-hmm. Uh Old news. Yeah, old news. Old news. And, uh, you know, this was his first year in, in North America, so we expect there to be a bit of a transition. Yeah. Uh, AJ, we'll start with you because you're immediately to my right, and that's usually how uh, we were taught to do stuff in elementary school. Yeah. Martin Count this year. Uh, it, it's been an encouraging year overall. Uh, it's been a slower end of the season, but you got to feel good. It's his first pro season you know over in north america making the adjustment as a teenager yeah he's done just fine mm-hmm. uh the conditioning not quite where it, where you wanted it to be but no surprise you know he didn't have a full summer of training he had the heart issue last year going into the draft <sighs> right and so he did not get a full summer to get all the way conditioned and then he comes into north america and he go he goes to the ahl where he plays 70 games Mm-hmm. And, you know, playing in the Czech Pro League last year, he played like 35 games. Right. So you're talking about a guy that doubled how much hockey he played this year at the highest level he's ever played. Uh, so, you know, really a, a strong rookie season. Uh, nothing. Anybody that thought this was going to be like Miko Rantanen 2.0, like you see the obvious difference there. Miko Rantanen showed up and destroyed the AHL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, different caliber of talent. 100%. And, you know, Kaut is going to be a guy that I think he's going to be a much better NHL player than AHL player. Uh, he's going to be a guy that fits very nicely into a structure mm-hmm. um, that that can play at a certain speed. And his two-way game is already there. It's already right. He's already very smart. He could play on Colorado's PK this weekend. The defensive game is already there. So, um. So oddly, it's almost like the goal scoring is what needs to catch up to that defense. Yeah, thing. you want to see you want to see the offense start to catch up uh, to the to the maturity, the two way uh, game. But <laughs> that's normally backwards of what yeah you see in a lot of prospects. And, right, and it's good sure. that and it's good that the ABS are letting that happen because the temptation a lot of teams have with those young guys who are advanced defensively is to give them that responsibility right away because a lot of guys can play offense, a lot of guys can do things offensively, but when they can't handle the game defensively the coach is like well, we need to give him more time they don't trust him defensively and so when you have trust in a guy defensively you almost get rushed a little bit because you can handle that you know we've seen that with high uh high profile guys like Lawson Krause who got dropped into the NHL immediately because he was so good defensively already and he was so good and responsible in that area of the ice but he needed to continue to develop his offensive profile didn't get a chance to do it because he was playing in the NHL on the fourth line. That's not where you go to develop anything. Mm-hmm. And we've seen his career get stunted by that. Colorado has resisted that temptation of dropping him in the bottom six and, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let him work his way, whatever. Um, 
let him go and play in kind of an offensive role. Now he's he's on the third line for the Eagles right now, but that has that has Crazy. more to do with you know conditioning and competitiveness and them you know trying to find their work. So it's it's an encouraging start, but you know not going to be a superstar. Same thing that we said on draft day. This is not a guy that's going to overwhelm you. Yeah. Um, shift gears a little bit. Another guy that's playing for the Eagles, and we turn the clocks back three weeks and we were talking about this kid a lot what's he gonna do looks like he's going back to school high profile yeah. first round pick shane bowers mm. dropped into the ahl quiet yeah. so far 4c uh playing on the fourth line now wow. let's take a pause here dre this is a kid that we talked about um two years ago when we were doing all the all the draft stuff Right. Uh, over at the media school. Right. And I remember this being a kid that you and AJ both liked a lot. Two years later, do you remember, I mean, what it was that we were talking about with, with Bowers, you know, two years later or two years ago? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we expected a little more of a jump in his college career. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's You'd the like only to see thing. see some advancement there, yeah. but also knowing that BU was a total mess this year uh -huh. you say you know, how much of that was bowers right how much of that was just a really bad situation typically though players produce like yeah. and that's that's just raw reality is you know you can look at like a guy like cam morrison you can look at the stagnation of the numbers and you can say well he hasn't really grown as a player or you can look at the offensive system and say you know, he's playing for Jeff Jackson, who does not who, – who wants his forwards to stop at center ice. You know, right. who plays defense first and squeezes out one nothing games. Um, and with BU, though, a little bit different, different different coach. Everybody bailed at the end of the year. Everybody – I mean, they, they lost something like seven guys to the NHL. So, now, you do want to see more of an offensive jump. There's That's the big question mark. Yeah. Is the offense ever going to be there to justify meaningful right. minutes? Or is this guy just going to be a defensive stopper for you? So, Andre, there was a – I don't remember what it was. It was four or five months ago I was here in the office, and you and I were just talking about prospects in general across yeah, different yeah, yeah. sports. And, you know, it's it's easy to see one guy play over, you know, a weekend or a week. I think we were talking about the, the combine at the time. Uh -huh. And it's okay. easy to go out there and see guys do something in small sample sizes. Shane Bowers had a great – not a great. He had a really good rookie year at BU. Really good rookie yeah, year. Yeah, right. His freshman season was impressive. V very impressive. Yeah. Step back this year. Mm -hmm. How much do you, someone who spends you know a lot of time looking at you know at the numbers and the advanced statistics and prospects, what do you take out of a guy that has that kind of step back in, in year two? Is that I mean, worrisome to you or is it just it happens? At face value, yes, but it's something that happens all the time. You know, I mean, when we're looking at prospects, we need to have a holistic view. That's one of the big mistakes in scouting is kind of getting zeroed in on, oh, this guy played a certain, didn't look great in this one tournament mm -hmm. and not looking at the broader scope of his career. Right. Um, Talking about you, Pud Colson. <laughs> <laughs> looking at you in the U18s, buddy. I mean, there's a million examples of this, right? <laughs> like I in all sports. Um so you know, you got to limit it. I think it's telling that he lost a lot of talent. Is that him then getting more responsibility and not really stepping his game up yeah. to 
taking on a bigger role, and maybe that tells you, well, he's not a top six forward. Right. He's, he's not going to be a guy that drives right. a lot of offense individually. Right. You put him next to guys who can be really good and be successful offensively, and he won't hold you back, but he's not going to be the guy that drives it for you. Right. And, I mean, more than a sophomore slump, I think the fact that he's the 4C with the Eagles and is rocking a negative 2 plus minus might be more concerning. That's, you know? That doesn't bother me yet. Okay. I was going to say. Because it, it, it jumping does into the end samples. of the year. Right. End of the year, you know, you show up fresh out of college. These guys have been there all year. Right. These guys made the postseason in the AHL. I'm, you know, I'm with <laughs> yeah, you a yeah, little totally. bit, Dre, because it's one of those things where you'd like to see, you know, high profile. And, and this is this is the complaint that, that we hear all year. Right. Yeah. Oh, you should be playing A.J. Greer in, in a, a yeah. position that's better for him. Yeah. You should be playing this guy. And, and that's honestly, I think maybe part of what I'm feeling is, like you said, is is he being, you know, he, he's playing in the 4C position. Whose right. call is it? You know what I mean? Or did he show up and yeah. they're saying. Mm, this kid can't handle more than 4C, or is it one of those things where, like you said, they've got, you know, they're they're in the playoffs. Right. And yeah. while your AHL is supposed to be about development, you still want to win. Yeah. You want well, you know, you get oh. to the end of the year, and you've had a group of guys that you've leaned on all year, mm. and then you drop Shane Bowers and you drop Nick Henry into the group at the very end of the year. Like, it's not a huge – those are not, like, transcendent prospects. Those are – like, it would not have been the same had, like, Kale McCarr gone there, yeah, you know, right, and been right, like, right, hey, we're right, going to play right. with the Eagles. And, right. You know, he transforms that team. Yeah. Um, but, like, those guys are not guys that are going to – not at the end of the year. If we go out – if they if they come out next season and those guys are in the – and they're going to be with the Eagles and those guys – and Shane Bowers is still your 4C, you have a way bigger problem than you thought you had. Yeah. And Nick Henry's not playing at all. You have a way bigger problem than you really – Right. Than, than – what I think of as as an issue today, I'm not too worried about four or five games as as the four of five course. center. Yeah. You know, like whatever. Like this, the slur start to his AHL career. It's slow. For me, it's though, you, you'd like to see a guy first round pick that, yeah. that you know we have a lot of. Yeah. You'd like to see him chip away at that, like him personally. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not be given anything by the mm-hmm. coaches. Maybe not be, just say I'm here on the fourth line. You'd like to see him make some kind of a difference there. Yeah. Well, yeah. the phrase that they're going to all have to get very familiar with is learn to earn. And that's that's the entire attitude that they're trying to build, the culture they're trying to build down there. And so, oh, he was a first-round pick? Great. Like, they're not going to care that much. He needs to get dropped in there, and he needs to outplay people if he wants to move up the lineup. Right. AD, is that music to your ears as a, as, as a guy who's mad at all these young whippersnappers for not uh... – Who's still mad that William Nylander got paid? That, that, take, that, take, <laughs> that, that gets satisfied with themselves. Do you like hearing that? That that hey, you know, you're a first round pick. You're starting on the fourth line. You got to earn it like everyone else. Yeah, I like it. I'm old school enough to know that I like that. Uh, to me, part of the <clears throat> NHL's I don't know, problem is the word, but I do think too many young guys have gotten paid too quickly. Yeah, and it's hurt some right. of their careers because I think it hurts their motivation when you're getting paid big, huge dollars in in year three of your career. You have that big contract already in your back pocket, yep. and it's like, well, I made it now. Yeah, yeah. you're, well, you're dude, a 22 year old kid, and you uh, right. made it. Yep. I mean, had you given me seven figures at 21, 22, like, huh. see ya. I'd be in a ditch. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> there would have been incriminating Polaroids like three days <laughs> oh, later. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, seriously. I mean. William Nealer and had a pretty okay playoff, but 
Yeah. Look at the numbers, what he did produce in his first year. They were pretty bad offensively. Yeah. It's a fair concern. And, you know, say what you want, but was he really that motivated to, to, to get out there and fire and play, play hockey with the six years guaranteed or whatever it was for eight, six point seven million dollars or something? Right. Uh, to me, it suggests, yes, that that's, there was an issue. Maybe he'll be great the rest of the way. I have no question. He's a talented kid. No question. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he I think he scored four goals it. in 20-something, yeah. more than 28 games, something he, like that. I think he ended up with – I think he finished the season with, like, eight goals. Like, yeah, that's crazy. He had crazy. a bit of a flurry maybe at the it end. It was like – I would look that up maybe it was, in the it was not podcast. But, uh, well, and guys like that, they're getting paid off of what they did at 17, basically. Right. Well, and Like, like you're still going off of that draft high. Beanlander had two good years. He had two good NHL right, years. Like, right, right. He okay. had back-to-back sixty-point seasons. Fair, but let's let's circle this back to Bowers though, and and I think that's a that's that's something interesting to say because you know it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, you know, he was a first-round pick, he had a great freshman year, yeah. you should be giving him all the opportunity, yeah. and that's an excellent point. It's it's you know it, it, what you and I joke about with Cam Ward and Anti Niemi all the time. How long can you coast off of? <laughs> you know achievements, and in, in 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 you know in the case of these younger kids, yeah. how long can you coast off of your your draft day success? William Nylander, I just looked it up. Seven goals, fifty-four games regular season, twenty-seven points, so you're half a point a game. Jesus. Not horrible. Yeah, not not, I mean, not not great for a six-point yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not, yeah. not not what right. you want for seven mil. <laughs> seven <laughs> seven playoff games for the Leafs. One goal, two assists, three po- three points. Um, Man, you did you see all the Toronto how, media? How did that work his, out for you? After his, I think it was game five. I guess he had a he had a good game. That yeah, really is a stupid contract. But, oh my gosh! That is you know, just they, dumb. these guys have such leverage coming out of those well, those sure. ELCs, right. you know that the you know they don't want to lose them, right? And you know it's, it's crazy. And man. It's all about comparables. If right. you have a twenty-five goal season in your first three years, you're guaranteed six million dollars, yeah. kid. Just watch what Matthew That's Kachuk wild. gets this summer. Oh. For oh, sure, yeah. Matthew, as he right. scored like 34 goals this year, sure. and was like a 77 point player. And he should yeah. be get good money. He's he should absolutely get good money. He's a really good player. He's a really good two way guy, and he does a lot of disruptive things. Bit of a jerk. But that dude, <laughs> that dude, jerk. that could, could he could get like eight or nine million this oh, summer. Oh, for sure, and he will. And that's gonna be funny to and me I'm, because like Miko Rantanen's gonna get like nine million. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's gonna get 8.5 to nine million that's guaranteed. Insane. Yeah. Three million more than <laughs> McKinnon's going to get for the next four years. <laughs> right, you're obsessed with that contract. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I mean it's. But that's uh, a good serious, point. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking the whole time. Is like, man, that's that's Mac money. That, that's really that's becoming one of the best contracts in all. Oh, sports. it already I, is. I, I was just about to say it is. It's, it's the best. non yeah. no, deal. Like, there's no comparison. I should in the off season. I promise to you and all of BSN Avs Nation, I will do a story. On the best value per DPR per contract year go. money, I tell you what, there, and I guarantee McKinnon will be. There top will be three. there will be a couple of guys on there. Johnny Gaudreau will also be on that list. Yeah, because he's point. making he's making almost the same amount of money. Because all those guys signed contracts right at the same time, <laughs> like Mark oh, Shifley, yeah. Nathan McKinnon, Johnny Gaudreau, all those cats signed within like a million dollars of each right. other, and then all of them took the big leap right. within two years. Like every single one of them was like. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Dang it! Because that was like the money. Yeah. That was the sweet spot, right? Right there with that. It was right around six million dollars, right in that range. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less, depending on the guy. 
And Monahan in that list, too, who's had, like, four 30-goal seasons already. Yeah. He's, like, 23 years old. But you watch the first round of that playoffs, uh, the first round against the Flames. Yeah. And I don't know how you sit there and think there's any <laughs> un- more underpaid employee on earth than Nathan McKinnon right yeah, now. I mean, he's it's not going to be in a breadliner. Present company excluded. That would be amazing if Nathan McKinnon showed up in a breadline. <laughs> I don't know if that would be amazing. <laughs> well, we, need, we need to get you a money manager yeah. immediately. If there were breadlines, we period, we're going to have issues. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> It's illegal. I don't, I don't know, but every time they have, they talk about the next bomb cyclone. I guess water that's... disappears from King Super. That's true. It's illegal to do, but have, you ever think sometimes that Stan Kroenke's like, here, okay, here's here's a couple million bucks in cash, kid. We don't want to. <laughs> right. He like shows you know? up with a suitcase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just giving him envelopes under yeah. the table, like buy yourself something nice, yeah. buddy. That was a great goal. That was a great goal. Thank you for the ninety nine point <laughs> yeah, season. Exactly. Here's here's a briefcase full of money. Go buy some shoes. I left that briefcase at your house. You can just go ahead and hold on. I don't even. I forgot what's in it. Yeah, Take right? it easy. Have a good summer. It's an extra like three million. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only fair. But circling back to these prospects, yeah. you know whether that's Who are the men- not making six million dollars. <laughs> right. right, definitely not. Whether they are making making money, you know, whether it's the coaches saying you got to earn it or not. At this point, especially after this next draft, there's going to be so much depth. That cow and guys like Powers will have to earn it. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no other way. Right. Especially because the free agency, you know, you know you're going to take somebody with that fourth overall pick that you're planning to drop into your lineup right, right away. Um, I don't see any of the young guys getting long-term deals this summer outside of Miko. Like right, right. Kerfoot, Comfer, any of those cats, I don't see them getting long-term deals. Um, they probably won't do one with Jost. They probably won't do one with Gerard. But... Those guys, like, there's still going to be a lot of room for flexibility to add some more of these kids yeah. coming in. You know, I do think A.J. Greer is on the roster next year, and I don't think Gabe Bork is. That's an easy, like, small replacement, right? Mm-hmm. And then you hope Greer proves more while he's there. But you also are going to say, hey, Martin Kaut probably starts in the AHL next year, but that's not a guy you expect to stay. Yeah, that, that seems that's like That's a first-round, like... Because of his age, his ELC his ELC could slide a second year, so you could get a five year ELC out of Martin Kaut. Mm-hmm. So that if you want to leave him in the AHL for another year and get two free years of pro development out of him, you can. Yeah. And so there's a financial benefit to doing that, and we need to be aware that that's on the table. The second year, because of his birthday, that could happen with Kaut next year. But even if it does, he needs to be an easy. NHL guy, the third the, in that third year, right? Going right. into twenty twenty one, yeah. Like that's a that's a guy. Uh, hey, JT Confer gets lost in expansion. Got your replacement right there. Right, right. So there you go. Let's uh, let's take our first break here. We got a little sidetracked on uh, money, but huh. briefcases full of cash. <laughs> yeah, briefcases full of cash. But that's <laughs> like, you know how my Would mind Stan, thinks now. <laughs> yeah. Would Stan Kroenke even notice? Like $3 million just goes missing, and he'd be like, oh, that's Dude, nice. I would imagine no he makes that every single day on interest alone. Right. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, oh, no, yeah. I don't think he would. No way. Miss it. That's crazy. No way. Somebody needs to office space. You know how rich that guy like, is. 
Well, shave off the pennies in the office space. Super bottom. quick question before we transition: yeah. Could Bowers and Cal play on the same line, or is that yeah. are, are you lacking offense? No, you could do that. It'd be a really good defensive line, right? I mean, that'd like, be the appeal, right? That's fine with me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's very realistically could easily be your third line in two well, years. Well, it'd be nice to kind of balance out some of the like, you know, electric offensive. Yeah, depending on what they do have. in free agency and what like the decisions, some of the decisions yeah. that they have to make. Yeah. You could be looking at like a like a Jost Bowers Cal oh. third line. This is your your total shutdown. Right. Well, when we saw like I don't Not know if bad. you guys saw the analytics yeah. from Jost in that first round of that playoff series, but his analytics were better than anybody else's. On the and yeah, like, and almost I in mean, the league. Boy, he played. He's played. He played a mature series. Right. Yeah. And that's that was the thing. something like, else. The points weren't there, mm-hmm. but the process was fantastic. Yes, and it's gotten yes. to the point where you start to wonder. If you take him away from Andrew Ghetto and Bork <laughs> and you put him next to some other right, guys, right. a little higher offensive upside, right. can he continue the process and start to produce? Yeah. And that's a guy, like, if that if that happens, in for a big leap. Yeah, and the, the whole ceiling of this team kind of raises changes, up a notch. It yeah. changes a whole yeah. bunch if Tyson yeah. Jones takes the big, uh, the big mm-hmm. step forward mm-hmm. to even a 50-point guy. Mm-hmm. It completely changes. Yeah. First break here. We will be right back. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Segment number two, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We got a nice... uh, what what is everyone? Every single person that's walked in, uh, we've got a nice uh, powwow yeah, pow going wow. on that's, here. Is, that's, is, that's, has, a, that's the phrase. That's the phrase. Literally, <laughs> Drew, Allie, and Lindsay have all referred to this as a nice little powwow. That's yeah. what we've got going. Nice little BSN Avalanche roundtable. Jesse Montano, yep. AJ Hayfley, Adrian Dater, and Andre Simone. I'm the only non-A. Oh yeah, that's true. Huh? Well, you get an A in my heart. Thanks. <laughs> Allie just popped in and said she's Al- also an A. So there yeah. you go. Adrian and AJ it's true. and Jesse. Yeah, you can be yeah. on podcast and the A's I'll be podcast. Like the and Jesse. Yeah. This is like a. And we only thought. talk now, about. It'll be, like, it'll be like that. AJ. AJ. AJ yeah. It'll be, everything's about me. We so only I'm talk about, about teams <laughs> that start with an A, so it'd be Avalanche, Avalanche, any Atlanta teams, mm-hmm. I'm A's, talking, the Oakland A's, the Oakland lots A's, of yeah, A's talk. You know, I was say, if you actually, we talked about Atlanta sports, we would do it more than the people in Atlanta do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we just found the niche, so an, an expect that in the near <laughs> yeah, future. Yeah. BSN Atlanta <laughs> dropping tomorrow. Yeah. You know what the most popular beat in BSN in, in Atlanta would be? Would be their soccer beat. Yeah, that's crazy. Because Atlanta FC is huge there. That was just Atlanta FC. Yeah. It's uh, I would say an, <laughs> phenomenal an, an Oakland name. A's 
An o- yeah, I was going to say, try a little bit. The <laughs> hey, o- an Oakland A's- try. <laughs> an Oakland A's podcast with only hosts whose name starts with the letter A would be a hilarious... Like, that would be such a nice little... <laughs> well, what a perfect wrinkle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be so... Twi- that'd be peak 2019. Yeah, Just yeah. Like, yeah. Eh, whatever. <laughs> this is the our Oakland focus. A's covered by the BSN A's. <laughs> right. BSN A's. Uh, well, the Avalanche also starts with an A. Yeah. Uh, this episode's brought to you by the letter A. Uh, we that's that's what we're here to talk about. We're here. To, we the talked about prospects. J. We talked about uh, <laughs> the Eagles, what they're doing. But you know, guys, we we look back last year and the Abs get into the playoffs, and it's hey, we're happy that we're there. And <laughs> after any, the forty-eight point season, after the forty-eight point season, and it's you know we all know this is a bit of overachievement, and yeah. we're not expecting anything. Just a little. Uh, it's, it's cool that they're there. It's cool that we get to do the playoff hockey thing again. Um, but in all in all reality, they're probably they probably made a couple steps that we weren't expecting to expect yeah. some regression. Well, now here we are a year after that, and they are in the second round of the playoffs. Is it safe to say that that this rebuild was you know skipped a couple stairs, and and now we're out of the rebuild and just into building? Are you asking, is this the window? The mythical window that everybody talks about when you're allowed to compete? I, I was going to say, and you know, AJ, I wasn't going to call you out on the last show, but I once was yelled at by you yeah. for saying something about Ooh, a window, and you yeah. said, you said, you know, man, this is the window. And I was like, isn't I, I, that interesting? I hate, I hate that phrase. Like, I understand why it gets used, but I put out a tweet last night that there were four teams that missed the playoffs last year. In the Blues, Stars, Islanders, and Canes. And two of those teams are guaranteed to be going to their conference finals this year. That's why I hate that window talk. Because nobody was talking about this as a window for those teams to win anything more than an entrance into the postseason. No, but not every team has to have a window, but there are every team certain... has competitive windows, though. Yes. Like, you're... Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. But it's not like you're not allowed to win outside that window. Like... Like the the years other than those windows, man. Look at look at but, San Jose but though. You have Their window has been a decade. Yeah. yeah, and some teams some teams have that window open for longer than others. But but you well, know, look, you at, look, look at, at Winnipeg right now. Look at Chicago. Is Winnipeg closed? Hmm. No. After after everything that's no, happened no, with but, Winnipeg, but you, you like don't, are they done no. already? Is their run already done? No. You don't think so? No. With all the problems that they have, with the fact that they they're getting they're going to lose Jacob Truba. He's either going to walk on them or they're going to have to trade him this summer. Well, well, so it depends on it depends on on their summer. You know, if they trade Jacob Truba and they get pieces back and they're able to add in free agency, then no, they're still right in the middle. They they've they've moved some of the pieces but around. But even this group, the one that they just had, Patrick Line took a pretty significant step back this year. Mhm. Like you have to be concerned about that. Had a good playoff. Yeah, it wasn't. I will give him that. Absolutely, it was his playoff was certainly better than I eighty five percent of his season. But but you look at a team like Chicago, which is weird, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, there's always one year where you don't score fifty goals. I mean, he still had he only had fifty points, I think, this year. Yeah, he, he was bad though. He was he was yeah. Actually the, the thing bad is, like, large well, he had thirty. You look at it, you say he had a thirty goal well, season. Eighteen of them came in November. Yeah. Where he shot like thirty three percent on like fifty shots. I was it was say, he had multiple was, hat tricks. That it month. was absolutely insane. He had the five goal game against the Blues, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, 
that ended up being like five of his 30 goals came in one night. And like that's a guy they're relying on for primary scoring. And so that's why I'm saying like is their window maybe even is this the end for Nashville? What what happens with Nashville moving forward? They they're maxed out cap wise. Nashville, they can't really where do they improve? What do they get better at? Nashville to me is a team that they they thought they were in a window and I think you and I have said it a lot over the last couple of years. I think Nashville just completely missed it. I think they I think they said, "All right, we have, you know, our our young core guys are are coming into their prime. Our window's open. Let's stock up on defensemen." And it's like, well, that was an interesting move to make with all your best players coming into their prime. Question for you. Mm-hmm. Knowing what we know now, and AD, I'm curious how you feel about this too. PK Subban right. for Nathan McKinnon? No. Knowing what you know now, instead of trading Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson, knowing that Johansson has not done yeah. what they needed for a 1C, would they have been better off doing Seth Jones for Matt Duchesne? Uh, I, I think it's impossible to say no based on what Nathan, or Matt Duchesne's done in this playoffs. Uh, I don't know if he did nothing, but yeah, he has not provided what they probably I mean, hoped. I mean, he, you know, he still he, had 60-something points, I think. He got there this year. You know, he has not had a 20-goal season since no, getting there. No, he's not a goal scorer. He's, a, he's more of a player. He playmaker. had 30 goals with Columbus, though. I know. Uh, and so that was on a really bad team, though, where he had to shoot a lot. And Well, and you're the one C. Shouldn't you be shooting he a lot? He should. He should score more goals. He's on a debate. bad offensive team still. I I think he. W- I, thought, I thought he was really. Balanced. I thought he was really good down the stretch, though. For for Nashville, he scored a lot of big late late season goals for them. Uh, some clutch goals uh, down the last week of the season that put the yeah. won the division for him. And okay, so he had one, he had a what two good weeks, and then it's not to say it's. And I'm not. And this is not. I swear to God, Ryan Johansson is a good hockey player, and I'm not hating on him. I always get Preds fans who come at me like this. But I'm, but I'm saying, like, do do they need a higher ceiling one C than Ryan Johansson? Yeah, yeah. Would Seth Jones for Matt Duchesne been better for them to better balance their roster to have a higher end one C? Uh, tough to say. Duchesne, you know, all of a sudden he's flavor of the month a little bit again because mm-hmm. they're in the second round. Mm-hmm. Everybody forgets that we're all just dumping on Matt Duchesne a lot. Well, he, yeah. I mean, he, he also had a great year for, for Ottawa. He did. He did. He had a very good year for Ottawa. Didn't put him in. Didn't make him any more than a last place team. Sure. Right. But, but that, I mean, that's certainly not on him. No. The no, thing is, Duchene kind of brings what they're lacking, right? Right. That's why Johansson. Like, it's a little more like he fits perfectly into the identity we have, but it's almost like I want that guy right. who I can be a difference would have been a better. You know? player in Nashville than Duhansen because he right. loves Nashville. Yeah. Right. He would have been a happier human being. Well, and then the that's, ads would have had Seth Jones. <laughs> yeah, well, nice. that's the more interesting. Would you rather Seth Jones or all this or, other stuff? Right. Right. Like, would you rather Seth Jones or... Right. Because, I mean, it's you like could be... It's like Sophie's Choice, dude. Yeah. Well, because you could be talking about Kale McCarr and Seth Jones as your righties. Yeah. You're going to be talking yeah, about Sam Gerrard and, and, and Kale McCarr and all this other... Like, well, it's, it, a, it's a fun, like, what It comes to back about. to the window stuff. If you feel like the yeah. window is now, and the way the, the top three, you know, and I know they split up Landy and stuff, but the way those three sure. forwards are playing... You are in a window because right. those guys are out of this world right now. Well, yeah. you also, because of the savings that you're getting on on contracts, both McKinnon and Landeskog. I mean, let's remember, Landeskog's making like $5.7 million. So oh, absurd. You're, absurd. You're talking about those two guys are costing you $12 million to have two-thirds of the top line in the NHL. 
And Wild. I mean, they're going to have all this free agency money, et yeah. cetera, et cetera, that they've got to they've got to do the right stuff with. Skinner or Panarin? I mean, Panarin, easily. Yeah. Without it, without you know, you're going to get thirty to forty goals though with Skinner. He'd be a nice fallback if they keep, don't get Keep Panarin. in mind though, yeah, that totally. dude, that dude had like two goals in the last twenty five games. No, he year. was terrible for Buffalo, and he totally disappeared yeah, for to them. To be fair, though. Buffalo totally disappeared at the end. Of the right, but, but he's he playing next to Jack it. Eichel. It no, wasn't. No, I, I know. It wasn't like his Carolina career where he's playing next to who and who and who. You know, he was playing next to Jack Eichel all year, and for the fact that he disappeared for a fourth of the season makes me real nervous. There's going to be some interesting names out there, um, but so so are we in agreement then that that this is a window? This is it for call. I mean, uh, you've got to you've yeah, got four man. years to make magic happen before financials get very tricky. And yeah, so, I don't think any of us disagree, right? AD, no, they're in agree. a window. I don't right disagree. Now. Uh, it's got to start me, next year. Yeah. To me, a lot would have, you know, uh, some of it depends on who they get with that number four pick. Um, For sure. You know, he's got to be. I think, can't a player, screw that up. Can't screw it up. Got to play yeah. pretty fast, I think. Can't take uh, Bowen Byram. You know, boy, <laughs> just, right. if only they'd gotten number one pick, right? I know. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, you, you mean watching Jack lost. Hughes get his third hat trick of the tournament today? I know. But then again, I mean, if that's absolutely what they want to do, they have the draft capital to go up and get that, right? They won't. This is not the oh, NFL. Okay, but I'm just saying <laughs> they could. New Jersey would. You would have to. You would have to offer both first rounders this year, uh-huh. your first rounder next year, uh-huh. and then probably somebody off your NHL. Probably Sam Gerard. Three number ones plus a player for to just you, Jack Hughes. Just for Jack Hughes. Mm, I wouldn't do that. That's too much. I was up until you yeah. said Sam Gerard. I was like, no. Screw too it. much. Do yeah. it. Get rid of all of them. Doesn't matter. You don't need them. Yeah. The picks. I talked yeah. to, uh, <laughs> you know, I yeah. talked to Ray Ferraro about Hughes. I'm like, this kid legit or what? He's like, yeah, he's he's Clayton Keller. Yeah, I hear Clayton Keller as his as his floor quite a mm-hmm. bit. Which, if that's if that's <laughs> the worst that you're getting in the NHL, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not a generational player is the point. Oh no, the gener. I hate that term, generational. It seems like we've become a little obsessed with it because. There were a couple drafts in a row. McKinnon, generational, right? True superstar, guy on a Hall of Fame track. McKinnon was a generational player. I mean, Barkov, Seth Jones, that 2013 top of that draft is insane when you go back and you look at it now. Yeah. Jonathan Duran, a good NHL player, but not can't hang with the other cats. And then, you know, you had McDavid in 2015, Matthews in 2016. Just because the guy is going number one doesn't mean he's generational. It's just that there was a crazy run for a few years. Jack Hughes is not going to be – I don't think he'll ever be a 100-point player or anything. But I think he could easily be an 80-point guy for a long time. And, boy, in Colorado, putting that on your second line. Oh, no, not that. Yeah. So damn it. So this group, as it's currently constructed, we all agree, they're entering into their championship window. Yeah. You'd like to see them do it within the next Elite four players. years from a financial standpoint, but the pieces are still going to be in place beyond four years. This is a young, yeah. young team. Yeah. You go out and you add a Panarin, a Skinner. You trade for you know Nylander, who we talked about earlier. I'm sure his, we're going to be hearing his name a lot this summer. Not necessarily tied to the Abs, but just yeah. in general, as mm-hmm. t- as Toronto is going to have to yeah. shed some money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you go out and and add one of these guys. He's so evil. <laughs> are the Abs? Is this being built up to to potentially go on 
and I don't want to get carried away here, but a, a Chicago-type run where it's you've got the talent already in place, and they're in the age group where you're going to get six solid, five, four to six solid elite years out of the bulk of your roster. They've done, I don't want to say the easy part, because it's not easy to build up a roster with like four or five elite players. Um, They've done the hard it's, part. It's hard to, yeah, they, yeah. But but the finish, a lot of teams get here, is what I'm saying. A lot of teams have built really good teams. And that's right where the abs are headed, is that, I mean, fast forward a year, you get a full year out of Kale McCarr, another year of development out of Gerard. Mm-hmm. Grubauer's an actual starting goaltender now. Right. You know, two like, first coming, a top five, right? Coming, like, like all those things, sure. Free agency, but money, like, yeah. It's, the thing is, is they have to get it right from here. Yeah, they've done they've done all of, all the good work to put themselves in a position to be really good. Now, if they're going to win a cup, if they're going to win multiple cups, if they're going mm-hmm. to go on a Chicago mm-hmm. style run mm-hmm. and win three cups in six years, you've got to put the finishing touches on it just right. Yeah. You have to get the fourth pick right. You have to probably get their other first rounder right. Yep. You have to have been right about Cout. You have to be a, be perfect with what you do in free agency this summer. You can't give $9 million to the wrong guy. You have to get it right. Whatever they do, you know, they, they can go out and they can spend money however they want to spend it, but they have to spend it right because this is, this is where teams screw up. They get right to where they are. This is where the Minnesota Wild were. You know, they had a lot of good young players. They were in the playoffs. I don't think the Minnesota Wild no, 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 no. were ever right here. They though. were. They had a lot of good oh, young players. They were. they were in the second round of the playoffs, and then they went out and they got Parise and Suter. Yeah. Like they were. They were right there. And it's they one went of out. The massive disappointments in NHL modern history that they have not won a Stanley Cup for them, and the fact that they spent so much money. Right. Right. Yeah, it, they it had, a, they had a real window, and the, it's gone. The thing yeah. was, was you remember Minnesota had a top three farm system when they when those guys signed. There were tons of great young players on that roster, and none of them broke through to elite. Right. That was the issue. So, so that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think the Minnesota Wild ever. They never had anyone elite. If Zach, you want, if you want, a, 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 outside if of Zach Parise and like, Ryan Suter, who, who? Look, look at the Blues. Then a couple of years ago, where they had a guy like Tarasenko, still not enough. Yeah, that's so. That's what I'm saying, though. You, you look the at the entire this. entirety of Jamie Ben's career in Dallas. Well, yeah. Blues haven't won because they haven't had a goalie. I was gonna say. Well, so, it's funny because so, they get fluky regular season out of out of guys all the time. And now you know, Bennington is a 908 going into this next Brian, series. I mean, they had Brian Elliott, yeah. and then they had yeah. uh, uh, Jake Allen. Uh, no, 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 they had Carter Hutton last year, yeah. who like buoyed them to the to the precipice of the playoffs. And then Buffalo got suckered on him. Exactly, and then uh, which I remember you and I getting into it about Carter Hutton and <laughs> is is his age 32 season his breakout? Guess not. And then this year, Jordan Bennington. Like, they get these fluke goaltending performances while they continue to pay Jake Allen to be consistently not good for them. But I'm saying, like, they've they've consistently built a good roster outside of the goaltending, and they've always been competitive. They've made the playoffs. They've made the second round of the playoffs. playoffs Every year, the Blues almost every single year. Right. Right. And And if they don't, they they come really close. They've not been to the Stanley Cup Finals since 1970. But but here, wow! Here is my thing. That's insane. There's elite players at different positions. The the Avs have more elite talent than any of those teams you just named from the past. 
Yeah, I mean None of those Chicago teams. aside, the uh, one that aside from the Chicago, one that it worked out with, no, right. the you're, ones you're that talking, it didn't work out with, yes, right. McKinnon, McKinnon, and Rantanen no alone. One, none of those teams had a McKinnon and Rantanen, and then a lot of really good players. Yeah, that is where I think this Avs team is different than a lot of those teams that we've seen get to this point and then screwed up. Not saying that the Avs can. Oh, we've got you know we've got to as as Elliot Friedman is taking to calling those types of players nuclear weapons which I really like, by the way, because that's what Nathan McKinnon is. It's such an American way to put it. That's right. Good for right Elliot. It is. <laughs> but, you know, none of those Come other teams <laughs> None of those other teams had two bona fide superstars and then all that other stuff. Right. The Avs are at a unique situation of yeah. you've got arguably the best player in the world today. Connor McDavid's not playing, so he's not in the conversation. Yeah, you can't can't be the best player in the world and you're sent home in the playoffs. Every exactly. Year. So you have Sorry. you have what a lot of people said in the first round was the best player on earth in Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was and, the best player in the first round. I'm sorry, Mark Stone and all those guys in Vegas together, but yeah. Nathan McKinnon didn't need seven games for a reason. And by the way, you know who had more, who, who was more productive than Nathan McKinnon? Was Miko. Miko Rantanen, yeah, uh, yeah. the guy who's playing on a separate line from Nathan McKinnon. And then you factor in uh, Gabe Landeskog. You factor in yeah. what has been nothing short of elite play from Tyson Berry for the last two months. Uh, you know, yeah. you factor in been really good. Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. You factor in Sam Girard. If this is the real Philip Grubauer, and okay, then, well, it won't ever be like. Well, yeah. like I mean, the, uh, you know of, what I mean. course, of course, of course, like, yeah. like, you're never gonna get a nine, you're not gonna you're get nine thirty out of him. But right, I mean, he's more like nine fifty right now, where you're like, right, right, right. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, yeah. but that that it's to so me is a symbol yeah. of hey, maybe this guy. So you, if you've got your true number one, you've got all those mm-hmm. other pieces, and then that's where you get into the real, you know, like kind of meat and potatoes, where these are they're good play. Eric Johnson. Mm-hmm. JT Comfort, Alexander Kerfoot, Tyson Joseph, Soderberg, Carl Soderberg, uh, Matt Calvert. They need yes, to play better, but agreed. those those are really good filler guys. Yeah. To me, and you, the crazy you, part is you got to nail adding around the fringes this summer. You're yeah. going to upgrade. Yeah. Like Soderberg's got one year left, and you're going to have to. He's probably going to be replaced by whoever they draft fourth overall. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to take T- Turcotte or Doc. Uh, one of those guys is going to take Soderberg's mm-hmm. job in a year. Yeah. You know, that's that's how it's going to be. You think Turcotte's a real deal? I do. Okay. You know, well, that's you how know, right here they're going to take. I think I think Turcotte's going three to Chicago, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Damn. Uh, so you well, think Pod Colson's out? I After the U18s, I do. <laughs> Although we still have the interview process. It's not that Pod Colson was, like, awful. It's just that if you're going to be considered a, high, a high-end prospect like that, I don't care that his Russian team was overmatched. He's got to produce more. Yep. He's got to play better. Yeah, yeah, he's got to do more than he did. Well, and he's a particular profile because he's playing in Russia. These tournaments right. matter more. Right. And like, when you're we talking don't about... don't get to see you against your age group. When you are, exactly. you got to show up, man. Like, And yeah. he's he's played well. He hasn't played great. Right. He needed great. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And that's... And, you know, being... And, and it's, not, it's not always fair, but being the Russian playing in Russia. If you're Russia playing in North America already... Or you've already indicated you'll come over in the import draft. That's totally different. He's a Russian playing in Russia who wants to stay in Russia until he comes to the NHL. That's not a guy you're going to mess around with the AHL or he's going to go to the OHL for a year. I don't. I don't think. I think Turcotte is. I think Turcotte's the guy that everybody would want. Interesting. Well, let's. Uh... He's he's 
two-way uh, he's a turbo version of of Nico Hischer, I think. Hmm. Let's take our last break here. When yeah. we come back, AJ, we uh we promised everyone yesterday that <sighs> we would do it. I hate it. And uh we're going to get everyone's second round predictions for the NHL playoffs. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some most to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. We're down here at the BSN offices with everyone in the house, AJ Hayfley, Adrian Dater, and Andre Simone, all joining me, uh, doing a little bit BSN Avalanche roundtable discussing just the state of the organization we've gotten through all that we've been just talking really mostly <laughs> sidetracked uh it's it's been mostly yeah. us saying one thing and then talking about one specific player for eight minutes uh and then picking another player and doing the same exact thing but we are in the midst of the playoffs and tonight is technically the start of round two for the nhl so we are going to give our predictions before the second round officially starts here in mm, about an hour and a half so let's uh, let's start out east. The uh, the matchup of the night is the Boston Bruins at home taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not a matchup anyone thought we'd even have to be considering. Yeah. As we all expected, the Columbus Blue Jackets to be bounced in the first round. But here we are. They are taking on the Boston Bruins. Columbus Blue Jackets are hot, hot, hot right now. They're feeling it. Is it enough to get by AD's? Bees. ADB. You want to start us off? Who you got in this series? Uh, I, I actually made a pick uh, for Freelance that I write for. I got Columbus. I'm going to stick with the wow. underdogs of theme of the playoffs. Top yeah. four teams were eliminated by the bottom four teams. I see no reason why yeah, it's pretty wild. the Columbus Blue Jackets cannot knock off the Boston Bruins after sweeping Probably the Crazy. best regular season team of the last 30 years in the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Uh, they have had a long layoff, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, I mean, I'm not betting against them now after what they did to Tampa Bay. I think Boston is, uh, is too much of an up and down team at times. Tuka Rask scares me a little too much. And, uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron is a great player, but he's. 
he's always, you're always a little worried about if they, he gets banged up, what that means to that team. Uh, Zdeno Chara, all that defense a little slow. Yeah. So I'm going to stay with uh, with the Blue Jackets going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I got them in six games over the uh, over the Bruins. Interesting. Dre, are you, are you riding the hot <laughs> hand or are you taking conventional wisdom that says uh, the underdog usually craps out after one? I, I mean, I'm torn and it's more, more than underdog stuff. It's two factors. It's will they have remained hot after getting this long of a break sometimes when you're hot these breaks don't do you any good you mm -hmm. much rather play the very next day yeah um but you know the point about uh boston's speed on d is is a factor i see playing in now that said i think boston make turns it into a bit of an ugly series the blue jackets you know they've they've maybe read their press clippings a bit too much in this week off and yeah. and uh you know the fairy dust kind of dissipates and the Bruins take care of business. There you go. Are you going to split? Uh, how, how are you going to split the tie here? Uh, I mean, I'm going to pick Boston. I'm just going to stay conservative on this one in the year of chaos. Uh, <laughs> um, I just think, I just think it's a, it's a, te it's a battle tested team. And the, the time off for Columbus, I think is really going to, it's hard to keep that mojo going. It's not like you can flip that switch again. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget how it, it ruined the Rockies World Series run in 2007. Yeah, that's the example where, everyone has. Yeah. Right. Well, that's because we all lived through it. They were a buzzsaw. Oh, 100%. And then they had nine days off, and it was like, it was over. Yeah. Like, they, they weren't even remotely competitive in that yeah. because it was just, it was done by them. They weren't, they didn't have it. You can't, it's not a switch. You know, yeah. you have to, you have to ride it while it's there. And they, there was nothing they could do about that. And just the same way as Columbus, like, victim of their own success here. Uh, and I think I think Boston's going to come in rocking and rolling. It's same same really kind of the same game plan that they had against uh, Toronto. It's a team with a lot of forward depth, can beat you in a lot of ways. But uh, if you out goaltend them, you're fine. Uh, I'm going to take Columbus. They remind me a bit of uh, the Canadians from a few years ago with uh, with Yaroslav Halak, where I think they're going to be able to mm -hmm. get through a couple rounds before finally. Uh, fizzling out in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, but I do think they get there, so I am with AD on this one. Could you imagine that? Split right down the middle, two and two. Uh, other Eastern Conference insane. matchup, it's weird to even look at. Yeah. The uh, Carolina... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, is this... It should be like a coin toss for who gets to pick third overall. This doesn't, yeah, doesn't make sense this is a round two matchup. Uh Carolina Hurricanes are heading to Brooklyn to take on the New York Islanders. I'll say that again. For the second round of the playoffs, the Carolina Hurricanes will be taking on the New York Islanders. Should be some great TV ratings for that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the commissioner dreamed of this matchup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll keep the we'll keep going in the same uh, same order we did last time. AD, what do you have in this extremely odd Eastern Conference matchup? Uh. I actually don't worry about the ru or the rust with Columbus, but I do worry about it with the Islanders. It doesn't seem mm. right that they have been a team sitting around since you know approximately uh, you know the piece paper signed at Appomattox. That they they don't seem like favorites to me. Is something seems wrong about that with the Islanders? Yes, uh, that they've been sitting around all this time as as presumed favorites. 
So I'm going to stick again with the underdogs. I also like Ooh. the fact that uh, wow. I, like a, I like a hot team on the road that stays on the road and doesn't have to go home and, and regroup mm. or anything like that. Uh, they're going to go straight from... Uh, DC from DC to uh, to to, to uh, yeah. the Brooklyn, right. about a forty-minute drive, and or a little longer probably, and and just keep playing. I think rust is going to be a factor. I also think that the fact that the Islanders are playing in Brooklyn and not Uniondale at the, the old barn is it's a also, factor. It's also going to be a thing. Definitely a factor. Uh, they have such a better crowd in, in the games in Long Island. Why they are not playing there, I haven't read up on that. Yeah, uh, I, th I, I think they the agreement they signed earlier in the year was just if they made round one, they would play round one there, so they geez. don't have an agreement with the Coliseum for what? How, uh, who, two, three, or four. Who stupidly <laughs> signed that? You paper. better draft that one. <laughs> but that's the state That's the state of this team. Like, right. they didn't even think to write in round two in this contract. <laughs> yeah, well, who I mean, <laughs> who, like, thought, who thought in a first-round series between the Islanders and Pens that Jordan Eberle would be the best player? Yeah. I mean, no, obviously I, not the dude that wrote up that contract. I mean... <laughs> Uh, nobody outside of Jordan Eberle's mom thought that. <laughs> Probably even she was like, it's Jordan, you'll, you'll be just fine. Your father and I, we love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I gave him a Long Island yeah, accent, yeah, but no. he's clearly not from there. That works. Um, he's a good, good Canadian boy. I would write. I got Carolina and seven. Carolina I would have taken the Islanders, but I think you guys are kind of talking me out of it. I'm going with Carolina. This series to me is totally like the emoji of like throw your oh, hands yeah. up. Yeah, this and is the shrug emoji, 100%. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. We know one thing. Carolina or the Islanders will be playing to go to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. yeah. And whoever yeah. bet on that is living in a nice beach. Well, our guy, our guy Spencer yeah. bet on Wild. Carolina. To go to the cup, like in the preseason, like Spencer has amazing taste, and so. he spent he spent all year being like, "You got to get on board, you got to get on board." And I was like, "I got the Islanders," and now and, <laughs> and, and now, now they're playing each other, and it's like, all right, so Spencer and I are at war now. Wow. So uh, we got two hurricanes. I think what it's, side are you on here? I think it's it. gonna be I think it's gonna be an issue that they're that they're playing in Barclays where they're essentially. Like a, a guest road team, yeah. yeah. Like it's there, insane. there's no home advantage. Whereas when they were when they were playing in Nassau, like those crowds were insane. Mm -hmm. The building is falling apart. Mm -hmm. Like road teams go in there and they're like, "Is this 1983? <laughs> is it <laughs> right. seriously?" And the <laughs> right. Islanders played like it was 1983 when they were in that barn. Yeah. You know, they. I mean, they ran teams out of there regularly when they were out there. And when they're in Barclays, it's just a different atmosphere. It's a different feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a different energy. At the same time, Robin Leonard is better than Peter Morazic, so I'm going with the Islanders. Peter Morazic is why I'm picking the Islanders. Actually, yep. it's it's yeah. been it's been a career of uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's and just suddenly he's out of his mind. I, I just I don't know how behind that I can fully get. Um, but he's got no rest. He could just stay hot like that. Right? I, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, no confidence in that pick whatsoever. Like, yeah, oh, I, exactly. Yeah. I could, I, I could either. just, I could just as easily see yeah. this going Carolina's way because yeah. it's for for a hundred different reasons. For a fast team, yeah. but it, you know, they right. perfect right. matchup for both teams. Barry yeah. Trotz is the best defensive coach in the land. Well, and, and like nobody has been better at winning two one games in the last couple of years nope. than the than the Hurricanes. Right. Like they're but, oh we, we're now into a series where we don't have to score goals. This is like our sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs>
If you want to do a three-team parlay and just take underdogs, avoid this series and just take <laughs> yeah, yeah, Blue right. Jacket Stars ads. Yeah, yeah like them. That's them gonna be your the best. Win in DC was cool. Um, just just because. Oh yeah, it was so unexpected. And since we're gonna talk about DC real quick, Brock McGinnis work on his sellies, dude. Dude, bad. <laughs> he was probably too tired to care though. <laughs> I do want to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners who lives in DC. Uh, his name is Brad, and his girlfriend's name is Allie, and they are coming out for one of our watch parties next week. Can't wait to see you, Bradley. Straight like yeah, coming Bradley. out, coming Bradley. out to just not even for a game because they couldn't get the schedules to work, yeah. but just coming to our watch party for for a, a likely game five against San Jose. That's insane. That's super cool. Couple mashup named Bradley will be out in Denver next week. Looking forward to it. Let's so that was another split. We've split both yeah. these yep. both the yep. East series. Okay, cool. <laughs> um. Let's shift out west and Dallas and St. Louis. Dallas and St. Louis. Cares? And again, you look halfway <laughs> through the season. You want to talk about ratings dump? Who cares? Dallas, St. Louis. The, the ratings are going to be brutal for these uh, playoffs. Yeah, actually, none. Of, I mean, especially if the Blue Jackets win, like, they are in trouble. Yeah, the NHL is sitting there going, like, come on, San Jose and Boston. Come on, come on, <laughs> now, baby, come it, on. Isn't it crazy that <laughs> this has arguably been, like, the most entertaining playoffs in the yeah. last two mm-hmm. decades, yet it's going to be the one that ends up with the worst ratings? And the ratings already are yeah. down. I think it's 16%. The, 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 I, yeah. That's interesting. I don't get that. because of big markets. Yeah, yeah. I guess I mean it because, makes sense. Well, because, Chicago makes yeah, a I was gonna say because Chicago, all of a sudden, such a great sports town, well, can't a, can't yeah. be bothered to give a damn Sh- because Chicago, the Blackhawks aren't Chicago there. Chicago gets exposed once again as a as a really not a, a hockey town. Uh, I mean, just not a outside I mean, of the Cubs, just not a great sports town. They just don't care. It's Cubs yeah, and Bears, and that's it. It's I, I'm not saying they're not a hockey town, but they are. Yeah, they're exposed as just front running. Right, bandwagon fans, just like everybody else. Stop yeah. acting like you're special. True. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're every other city. Right. Denver's always been in the top ten, weirdly, and and usually in TV out of market ratings. Denver's a great sport. Buffalo is always De- number one for yeah. some reason. Well, because what else are you can do huh. with Buffalo? Yeah, well, Buffalo. They are. Nice. Buffalo is the most underrated hockey town. They are in loyal out there. You know, we Buffalo. say that, and then like the WJCs yeah. were there, and attendance and was nobody terrible. showed up. Yeah, that is so weird too. Yeah, nobody went, and like they had the WJCs in Tampa Bay, and the place was insane. Yeah. It was like rocking. And that you're makes like, no sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we just get something fun? Like we can't get a draft. Uh, we can't get the no, WJC. Frozen so. Four Regionals or next, next year. Woo. Yeah, and technically they're something. in Loveland, but something. Woo. That'll be fun. And it though. should be in Loveland yeah. because those That'll those be fun. Northern Colorado has like locked down crazy hockey. Talk about See, a great hockey. If town. they drafted Zgrass and they made a run and were in the Frozen Four, how fun would that be? Don't give me that. I'm just saying. Oh, anyway, Dallas, St. Louis. What do we think here, boys? <laughs> I don't care. I just, just trust Bishop more, will, so give me Dallas. I will watch really? zero seconds of that series. I, guess I mean, more than. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it. Meeting. Right. Yeah. Like St. Louis see, is the better uh, team. I like though. to see how the Blues keep progressing. Uh, I will watch the Rockies. To me, they've been one of the more interesting teams in the league this year, what they did. They were last place team in January, something, fourth or fifth, something like that. Yeah. Last place? Yeah. That's insane. And now. In Vegas, I think they are second. No, no they, they they moved down a little bit. Boston is officially now the the new favorite to win the cup in Vegas. Well, Followed nothing else because of public two. money too. Followed yeah. by the shark, right as it exactly. is by public money, right? And yeah. they're more experienced and battle tested. Uh, I think uh, I picked Dallas though to win the series because yeah. of Bishop and uh, and again a little bit of the underdog thing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Jim Montgomery, by the way, has, do we not know now that he's yeah. a really damn good coach? Excellent it must coach. be no kidding. All he credit must be to a, him. Look at no the defensive, kidding. you know, prowess that they've yeah. made. Yeah. Could you, like, could you imagine that guy coaching this team? Like, no offense to Jared Bednar, but like the way that he's locked down defensively. Yes, and like that defense is really mediocre. Yeah, could you imagine well, what this like the Avs defense? With Kale McCarr would look like under Jim Montgomery, like it yeah. would be, they would be s- good. Point. And and like they're obviously really good under Jared Bednar, and that's mm-hmm. not. I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying, yeah, that yeah. a great a great coach with a great like with a with a certain specialty, and a and a, a really good unit. Uh, I don't I'm, feel good picking against the Blues though because they've been really good. Yeah. yeah, they were good against the the Jets. They took over every game they wanted to. Yeah, I've got St. Louis in five. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's Dallas in like seven, just because Bishop. I trust Bishop more. Also, more it. Colorado connections. Heiskanen's been unbelievable. I know he's really good. Thank yeah. God, him. I uh, <clears throat> when the Kill playoffs better be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no. When kidding. the playoffs started, out of that. I said I thought Dallas was the worst team in the postseason. So out of principle, I have to pick against them <laughs> because I already look really dumb. I tried telling you. That was the one series I, I, was gonna say, well, I felt really strongly actually, about in the first you didn't, round. What you said was, yeah, you're probably right, but I still think they're going to beat Nashville. I, I do think they're the worst team in the playoffs. I just thought that was the one specific matchup. Which, which is exactly what would, you said. Yep, yep. yep and, and I had it, I even had and the you, games right. And you were dead on, yeah. Yeah, that was the one series where I was like, I feel super confident about this. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being just a touch closer than I expected, but absolutely went the way that I thought it would. All right, this is it. We're going to end the show on Ooh. this one. AD, Avs, sharks. Uh, sharks. If you pick Sharks in four, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> uh, look, I'm doing everybody a favor here by picking the Sharks in six. Okay. We all know I'm always wrong about the Avs. I'm usually right about most other series, but I'm always wrong about the Avs. Yep. yep. You know what? I'm not trying to force anything, though. That's The data jinx can't be forced. Well, you and I were talking when I first got I just, here. I don't mm. like the fact that they're playing the Sharks in, the, in that they don't play well in that building ever. They're, the Sharks are so big. They muscle around the Avs too much. Burns always just kicks the crap out of anybody who's in the zone. And I just worry that McKinnon and Rantanen are going to get beaten up in this series too much. I think they're going to be definitely targeted by that Sharks team with some dirty hits. And I don't think the Avs are built to play that style of hockey effectively enough to beat that team. I think they they got a good matchup in Calgary, and the, Calgary wants to skate and, and uh, be fast and finesse the team a little bit. Now they have to play the big – the big slow goon sharks, and I'm worried about that, and I'm also worried about home ice, so I'm going sharks in six. It's Drake. a contrast of styles for sure, especially with Makar and a healthy Girard. Yeah. Boy, these teams are different. <laughs> um, I mean, to me, just like the other Western Conference uh, series, it comes down to, to goalkeeping. And I think we have the clear edge with Gruby. I also think this is Landy's series. Like, everything you just described is correct. And Landy's going to be kind of, you know. <laughs> After how snakebit he was in that first round series, he should score seven goals against the Sharks. I was just going to say, his luck's going to turn around and he's going to 
Like the Bang one goal in. that he scored was a right. typical Landy in front, like deflection, yeah. right? But he had like five different like oh, clear yeah. breakaways or mini breakaways where he got behind the defense for a step and like he just fired the puck right into Mike Smith's right pad right. over and over and over. Right. I, I will like there's this. a dent in those pads now. <laughs> right. I wanted to add to the Kim McCarr's addition just makes me so much more excited about this team. The way oh, no kidding. Beating anybody <laughs> and because he's, he has been an X factor. That right. Is, Dude, he jumped I mean, right in. Yeah, he, he just—I I just get feel so much better about yeah. the team having Kale McCarr. And he had some close calls where it's like, man, give that guy yeah. wait till next season. And all of a sudden, that one where he go, he wraps around, and oh, oh, the the puck just goes off the stick. That one becomes like an, a, yeah. an, an easy all time like incredible goal. Yeah. Um, and I also think you know Soderberg's going to have to step up. Yost is going to have to be have that to great two-way player that he was in the last Yost series. Yost has to score a goal, though. He's mm-hmm. got to get on the board. He's got to get on the board. The process yeah. has been great, and that is all yeah. good and well, and I am all about that, but that gotta dude has got board. to find the yeah. net. And Colin Wilson's got to continue what he's been doing. Yeah. Colin you know, Wilson, just keep doing what you're doing. So that, keep that, meditating, man. That secondary so, offense. That meditating works, man. It's helped me a lot. That secondary offense, I believe, will click in high gear. I mean, and the Sharks scare me to death, so no yeah. doubt about that. But, hey, I think we've got the, the more abs. reliable they don't goal. fear the abs. And that's partly because they've got so many players that have beaten the crap yeah. out of the abs for so many years. I mean, that's Joe Thornton right. has never not, lost to this no, team, ever. Let me right. say this. If the San Jose Sharks <laughs> right. aren't afraid of the abs, I'm taking the abs in four. Because I don't know if you – I'm not. that's not my actual prediction, but if the San Jose Sharks <laughs> are actually going to walk in there saying, eh, we're not afraid of these guys – Nathan yeah, well, McKinnon's going to make them eat their words. Yeah. And you're in the second round of the playoffs. You should be afraid of every yeah. team you're playing. Are are they going to have tired legs after a seven-game yeah. series, I think, too? I think McKinnon is going like, to own them badly enough. He starts hiding stuff it. in Joe Thornton's beard. <laughs> <laughs> During, like, mid-shift, he's going to skate by the bench and just pop something in there. Oh, you know the announcers, too, are going to be all over the Joe Thornton thing this series, too. Like, win one for Joe, Joe, yeah. Joe, Joe. They've oh, got, yeah. they've got oh, that yeah. emotional edge, right? Yep. But the Avs also have the emotional edge in that they don't give a damn. Yeah. They yep. don't play with house they don't money. Care about, they don't. They don't care about the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. They don't care about anybody. Are all they, they really care play about, about with house money anymore. Are they? Though? No. All they. I think not at this point. I think at this yeah, point they're. they're no, there's some pressure. Yeah. They're playing. They're playing for keeps now. And yeah. I asked Griffith. He was like, "Oh, well, we we haven't won anything." I was like, "You guys won a round." And he's like, "Lots of teams have been in the second round. That's nothing." Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's I mean, that's the right attitude to have. 100%. Speaking of the guy who has to score a goal this series. Yes. And yes. 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 It's, it's, if he's not, he needs, he needs to have like seven assists to make yes. up for it. Yes. But straight up, dude, I think I've, I've, this was the matchup that made me the most nervous. Yeah. Just yep. because of their history. You know, they've been big and tough and slow for a long time, and it hasn't mattered. Yeah. They've beaten a lot of fast teams over the years. So it's not like Colorado. They've also give shown them some very lot. fast players too. Let's not right, right, forget right. about but Eric Carlson right. and Logan Couture. See, the thing is, Eric Carlson can't skate backwards right now. Well, he's and been so bad, that's, but he was good in the clutch the other night. That's well. I mean, the guy had what, like seven, he's eight still points Eric Carlson in the night. And so, like, oh, he was on the he was on the ice for however many of Vegas's goals. Seventeen out of the first twenty four. And, and wow, it, and wow. and yet he still produced like seven or eight points in that series. Right, which four came in the last yeah. four minutes? Like. I think. But Eric if, Carlson, Eric Carlson, skate, Eric Carlson. If you get skate backwards, you're gonna have some trouble. Well, he's against still got Smackdown. a groin issue, I mean, clearly. Well, he's, he's still. I mean, he's got a lot of 
I think that's got a foot issue too. Yeah, exactly. And I've heard that it's never been the same since he had that surgery, but he's yeah, still well, still were they like sco- shaved? He's his still going to get half? a point a game. Like he's right. still going to get a point a game. There's nothing you can do about it. The thing is, for you me, can't give it's, up three points a game. It's oh. going to come to special teams for this. Oh, that's and, what makes me nervous. And I think if the Avs can limit the, if they can, if they can keep it to Ugh. two or three power plays per game, none of this five or six stuff. If they can keep it to two or three and get it and just scrape by, and they can they can outplay San Jose in at evens, then I think they take the series. But if they if they're they're undisciplined, they take a lot of penalties. That power play is going to just chew them up. Yeah, it's yeah. just going to chew them up. Yeah, their their penalty kill is legitimately bad. It's and I mean it. They gave up what as many goals e- even strength as on the as on the PK in that first series. Like that's not okay. Their PK is legitimately bad, and it's going to be the one thing that makes me nervous about the Avs. Not even not even this round, but next round and the next round or whatever. However long they go, the fact that their PK sucks makes me nervous always. Yeah. So, AD said Sharks. I, I've got Avs. You got Avs? I guess I'm going Avs in six. I've got Avs in seven. I've got Avs in six. I think this. Of course, I'm the one guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I, is I, good. We need you, I walked AD. In, we need I walked you. in today feeling like I was going to take San Jose, but I just, the more time I've sat with it, the more time I've spent thinking about it, I just, I think that the Avs have the right mentality. They just don't care, man. And that's and that's why they're I, just. I mean, we talk about San Jose. It's not afraid of Colorado. Colorado not afraid of San Jose. Mm-hmm. They're not looking at big lights at those guys. They're looking at them and they're like, "You guys are old and slow, and you had your chance. It's our time." Right. I know that. I you think guys, there's. I know that you. What you're saying. I will say one thing that you guys have not been in the San Jose building yet. I don't think, and it is just a nightmare for that team. I always feel like the team just. Yeah, and you know, and, well, and you know what. They had that same thing with Nashville, and they went in there and they won two games this year. I get that that's the regular season. They had the yeah. same thing in Winnipeg. They went into Winnipeg and won games. They lost both games this year. They have they went they lost all three games to the Sharks, by the way, this year. Yeah, they three. lost they lost the games to the Flames too, and it didn't matter. Um, so for me, what happened in the regular season, especially game eighty two, who cared about that game? That game was played no, because it no, had that, to be. That game did not matter. I'm not counting that game. Right. But so the fact is, they still got smoked in that game, which it's like. Uh, never mind. I just think that uh, I need to be convinced that this team really does think that it's a, it doesn't matter. Until well, then, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm still worried about that building. Hundred percent, because they they haven't proven it yet. Yeah, they but have you, to. Do you it. have to mm-hmm. eventually. Right. And this is this is the series where you prove that. Yeah. Like, are you are you ready for the big time? or Are you not? This is this is where you prove that. Going in and beating a, a, a Calgary team that had less playoff experience than you only looks like an upset because of the seedings. But if you considered all the other factors and something, I mean, I just didn't take it seriously enough. I was too afraid of Johnny Gaudreau just going. I just had these visions mm-hmm. of Johnny Gaudreau just going off every night. Boy, what a whiny little turn. Yeah. Turn into no a... kidding, huh? But well, yeah, little, that you see that classless display at the shake handshake? Yeah, yeah, yeah chirping like the, the refs. Dude, chirping the refs? During the handshake line? Come Dude, that on, goes man. against everything take that is hockey. on the way yeah. out. Be yeah. respectful. You had a penalty An shot and two overtime power plays. Shot every <laughs> and a breakaway, power- thirteen seconds apart. Right. Like, yeah. What are you right. doing, dude? What are you complaining yeah, like, about? That game was a hundred percent on Johnny. You're, you're, you're going like, to throw a fit about the disallowed yeah. goal that shouldn't have happened anyway. Right. Like, it took it took mayhem for you to get a goal, 
And then it got it got disallowed, which whatever. I'm not even I'm not interested. Oh, yeah. But definitely selling stock and and Gaudreau after that. Yeah, yeah, like dude, could you have any more of a small man mindset? Yeah, like how it much, was embarrassing. How much does Game One in this series matter to you guys with them being tired off Game Seven and Pavelski being doubtful? To um, me like is that well, the time to pounce and flip home? I think home game, ice? I think Game Two is the more important one because okay. if the Avs win Game One. And then they get game two, then they're then they're they're running downhill to a series win. Games yeah. two and game five are always the most important games to me. But obviously I, game I, seven is I think I think right. sure, sure. Yeah. But, but like if they if they lose game one, then they need to get game two to get the split to go back home to stay in it. Yeah, yeah. Um so I think game two for me, game two is the most important one because that difference is huge. Yeah. And you know, if the Avs walk out of San Jose up two nothing, I, like, I don't like winning Game One on the road necessarily. I always feel like the team takes a, takes a little too much right. uh, for granted after right. that. Um, I'd like losing Game One on the road, then then coming on from there. Mm-hmm. I don't like starting out fast in a game uh, or I don't like in losing a series too the, well. Yeah, the, End Avs, of sentence. the Avs need to play from ahead for once, though. The last two years, well, yeah. they, they've lost Game One. They've had to start playing a little bit of catch up. The Avs got to get yeah. out. I think they've got to get on San Jose quick. And they've got to show up and say, hey, our speed's here and you can't handle it. Yep. Yeah. And to me, they've got to be all over Sharks. The result of game one doesn't concern me so much, but the Avs have to be in it and they've got to be flying. Well, yeah. that, that transition offense that gave Calgary so many problems, I think, is how the Avs are going to run San Jose into the ground. And you've got to do that starting game one. So I'm not as much concerned with the result, but to me, you've got to see that same type of Game three urgency from right. the Avs. It needs to be right a tone the setting the, type. Yep. The thing that I'm worried about for game one is that the Avs have not been good in any single game this year in which they've had three or more days off. Yeah. And so and so the, here's another chance and for they, you to buck They, they, was, they right. haven't been, They I mean, all year. Same that as with the Blue Jackets, that Calgary. scares me, yeah. Like game one against Calgary, they weren't any good either. Mm-hmm. Like well, they, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they were any good. They were. I mean, they weren't good just because Calgary wasn't yeah, good either. Good. Like they were not was, good yeah. in game one. It I mean, was not compared a good, to the rest of the series, they weren't. Well, well, yeah, compared to the rest of the series. Oh yeah, they, they, like, that's. Well, I'm were, sorry. That version of the Avs shows up uh, yeah. against San Jose. San Jose is going to get walked. Yeah. I I if yeah. that version of the Avs can show up consistently. Yeah. I'll take them to the Cup Finals. Easily. Oh, 100 so, Especially if Dallas comes through. Then it's like... Oh, yeah, I don't think Dallas... Dude, we're through. making it to the Cup. Breaking news, by the way. It looks like Pervelsi does have a concussion. Will, will not play in game one. Right, so go. how much does that injury factor for you guys? I'm sure you talked about it on last pod, so yeah. you can just give me a quick he's answer. A, he scores a lot of goals against the Yeah, yeah. He's an Avs killer. Right. It's not going to hurt I feel the better about the Avs' chances yeah. now that Pavelski is not out there, for sure. You talked yeah. about special teams and San Jose's power play. That's a big. huge part of it. Especially because missing. Colorado does a really terrible job of clearing the front of their net, and all that yep. dude just stands there and just deflects pucks. Yep. Best taking tipper the, in the game. Taking that guy right. out uh, right. is absolutely a big boon for Colorado. Yeah. So mm. it's going to be interesting. That but one talent game. It can't at the, just be one game. That talent at the top that you and I talked about for at least game one tips a little bit more towards the abs. That top-end talent with Joe yeah. Pavelski being out of the lineup. Uh, Jonas Donskoy out of the lineup as mm-hmm. well. Eric Carlson, Banged we'll up. see. Martin Jones, can, mm-hmm. not very good. And they yeah. they only, like we talked about in yesterday's show, they only played four of their six defense. Yeah, I was going to say. They, he's taking a team to cup finals over here, wow. so I don't, I don't want to go absolutely, there where he's absolutely. no good. Kind no, no, of no, no, the other, no, no, no. These, these, are all, these are all things that we're saying, hey, these are how the Avs 
edge out this series. The, I don't yeah. think anyone's saying Old that San Jose isn't be the better mm-hmm. team. Yeah, there, is from a from a veteran standpoint. From a they're all in. Eric Carlson, Evander Kane, Brent Burns. Yeah, everyone knows that the Sharks have their their chips in the middle of the table. But I think with the way that the Abs are playing right now and the way that the Sharks are, with everything uh, coming together in this moment. I give the edge to the apps. Yeah. Especially with those couple other things that we just named. Yeah. It took it took a lot of mitigating circumstances to pop up for me to feel comfortable yeah. picking the apps. Right. Because going into the playoffs, this was like my worst nightmare yeah. of a matchup. This is the one team I didn't want them to play. Yeah. But with the injuries, you know, with all the other yeah, stuff yeah. that we just went over, I, I've got them. I do worry that the Sharks are a bit of this year's caps. That's my only concern. They definitely that have that emotional like, edge where it's man, like, they it's came now or back never. After that game, game seven, seven that, about yeah, that too. they've right. got the like, now or never oof. feel to them. Where, where See, it's and like, to me, they yeah. don't. End of the world. To me, they have the... Carlson's going to walk. Pavelski's a free agent at the end of the year. They're out of money. Like, and that's why it doesn't... This, this is, it's now or never for these guys straight yeah. up. And how often do we see that pan out? Just happened. So no, it didn't. Your, last year was Washington's all in now yeah, or never year. Absolutely, you're you're, you're incorrect. I'm I'm not. <laughs> they won't they won't win another one. I'm not saying, but but to say that Washington went into last year saying this is it, all of our chips are in the middle. They did that already. Right. I they think the that. Cavs felt like that like the year prior. They were like, eh. See, like this team ain't going anywhere. Last year, same old caps. Washington, Washington had <laughs> that feel to me. Percent how the of, Caps fans thought. Eh, they, you know, they went all in, and now they're in, and, and now they're trying to play it out. And and it wasn't that special group where they went out and made all the moves and all the acquisitions and stuff. They did why, that though. Why? Are, I mean, they keep why were you two that. staring so deeply into each other's eyes during? I that? was I was staring at his shirt. <laughs> Not I, him. It actually broke my focus. I thought you guys. <laughs> I was looking at you, and then I looked at him, and I was like, whoa, they are in each other's eyes right <laughs> no, now. No. We're ready for the NFL draft tonight. Right, right. The been, capitals we've we've didn't, been working on this for a year. The Capitals didn't go out and make all those additions last offseason. They didn't. They, they had done that before, and those pieces had walked. They were considered past that all-in window. I, not by me. I thought last year was it for them. I thought last year would have gotten to the point where if they failed again, the teardown was going to start. And they won, and so they were like, okay, well, let's just ride they, this but, out but Penn they, style. But they won, they won with their roster, not with well, I mean, they a went out bunch and, of people that they had added last summer. They added around the fringes. San Jose went, in, went and, and made a huge trade for Eric Carlson, threw huge money at Evander Kane. Yeah. They went all in this summer saying— I mean, they traded for Evander Kane, though. So like I know, they, and then they signed, knew what and then they were signed getting. huge money yeah. and gave up an extra pick. That's what I mean, I'm if we're gonna count, if we're gonna count Evander Kane as their last summer, it's the same yeah, thing as like it, Washington how, with Oshie, right? How is it not though? How so. is it not? Because they did that, and then he could have walked. They threw money at him, throwing the money at him, gave up them. an extra. I'm not yeah. saying he wasn't. No, I'm, I'm not just, saying he didn't I'm just being it. I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but I'm just saying they did it. They gave up first round picks, saying. We're we're going oh, I mean, all, they're in all in. That yeah, this they is are. our they're cup team. There's no debating that. And it's it's just hard for it's it you. They're Columbus style all in. Like they're they're taking a step back next year, no matter what. Right, right. So that's what makes them that's that's what makes them scary for me. And the fact that they've done everything, they've been in every situation imaginable, and now they know what to do if they're losing in an elimination game. Just get cross checked in the face. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, get cross-checked yeah. in the chest yeah. and then fall down and hit your head. Take a face off. Fall. Not that, of course, like, I'm not... Like, right, right. Like, I'm not saying it was... All our best to, to Mr. Pavelski. But right, I can, well, right, I can just feel somebody getting <laughs> mad at me right now. The length of this podcast went just about exactly how I pictured it, as we're nearing yeah. on an hour and a half. Oh. So if you are still listening... You better be. Thank you. We appreciate it that you guys stuck with us. Yeah. Andre, thank you. I know you are insanely busy all the time, so I appreciate you. Oh, no. Thank you, guys. This This is great. We only have another one of these to do in, like, what, five hours? I was going to say, we got to get out of here. You guys got to start getting ready for NFL draft night tonight. Uh, AD has already left the building, but uh, as always, great great to have Red on. Uh, Let's go ahead and get out of here. Yeah, word. Round two for the app starts tomorrow, 8 p.m. Mountain Time in San Jose. Uh, AD. Street Tavern. AD will be in San Jose. He heads out tomorrow morning. Uh, we will be at Blake Street Tavern in Denver, not San Jose, uh, at the same time. So we hope to see you guys all there. For Adrian Dater, Andre Simone, and AJ Hayfley, I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys all so much for listening.